Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's the 7th of July in the year of our Lord 2000. Kylie Malogue's spinning around. Get out of my face. And it's out now and it's top of the charts in the UK. Chicken Run has finally dethroned Gladiator's seven-week Goldberg-esque streak on top of the UK box office. Uh, it is Sea Day in the United Kingdom. From today, most commercial broadcasters begin broadcasting commercials, promotions, and indents in 16 by 9 widescreen ratio. Oh, I was wondering if there was a specific time and day where we went, hang on, we should be widescreen now. And the big news this week is Mortal Kombat Special Forces sees a release on the PlayStation 1. So that everyone know the glory days are over for the franchise. <laughs> but speaking of glory days, what was up with that tiny WWF promotion? Were they still around or had they been fully demoralized by the PTC, known as PTC's Family Fun Friendly Wrestling, as we know it today in the year 2020? Well... The answer to this question and many more can only be found on this very specific podcast you're listening to with the dulcet tones of myself and Mr. Tom Campbell. Happy Tuesday to you and for the last time in 2020. Oh, really? We're not doing any of these again? No. This is our last Cultaholic Classic Smackdown review of 2020. We wrap up the year here. We will return with the Smackdown review in the shiny new year uh, because from next week, we begin something a little bit different to tide you over to the festive period as it is the return of myself and some good friends watching some pretty awful wrestling. Used to be called the 12 Duds of Christmas. has been rebranded as Watch Along Mas. Yay! Yay! What's Watch Along Mas, I hear you ask? Well, What's little, Watch Along <laughs> Well, little Timmy, I'll tell you. Coffee. So, remember last year, myself, Matthew Gregg, and Justin Henry from the Coltolic Classic Raw Review, we all got together. And we had ourselves a lovely time uh, talking about uh, really awful wrestling matches and watching them, providing a commentary for them. But there are merely more. There are far more than 12 bad wrestling matches. I know. I was as shocked as you are. So we're back again for another year. But this time, we're mixing things up a little bit. Not only will there be the triple threat of myself, Matthew Gregg and Justin Henry, but we will have some episodes that will feature myself, Justin Henry and a mystery third guest and myself Matthew Gregg and a third mystery guest chosen by the random guest generator so friends that you may have heard from 
on this here podcast and on the Classic Raw Review over the past 12 months. You may hear their voices again very soon. Excited to be watching some bad wrestling, Matthew. Oh, absolutely. I'm also looking forward to the, the mystery of the third man, which can only mean Mabel will be joining us <laughs> live in studio. That's amazing. Who's the third man? We'll find out from next week. Watch along with us. Basically, you don't need to do anything if you listen to this podcast as normal. Uh, it'll just appear where where the classic Raw, the classic SmackDown, Desert Island Graps, where all those normally appear. It'll just be there instead. So it does seem weird wrapping up on the 8th of December, but then we want to get, we've got like a week and a bit's worth of these uh, beautiful watch alongs to share with you. So we're starting next week. So Matthew, we wrap up the year and let's hopefully end it on a high. How are you more importantly, sir? I'm pretty tired, but otherwise good. Um, you're sleepy. you're a sleepy boy things. today, aren't you? A bit of a sleepy boy today. It's uh, not due to any forward planning or anything like that, where I woke up and went, you know what, I think I'll be tired for the rest of the day. Um, I've been having a bit of a cold that just won't sod off, um, as I call it, the Dolph Ziggler cold. And last night I decided I should take some before going to bed. And because you don't make the best decisions when you're ill, um, I just took the normal ones as opposed to, you know, the ones that are designed for when you go to bed because this one had caffeine in it. So I looked at my watch while I was trying to get to sleep, listening to things. It was about four in the morning. That's time I checked my thing. So, and I got up at ten. So, uh, the numbers don't lie, and they spell disaster for you, Tom Campbell. How the <laughs> hell are you? <laughs> I'm all right. Um, I'm I'm kind of getting in the in the, the Christmas spirit, right? A little bit more than we were, um, because little things are now starting to happen to get me ready for Christmas. A lot of them work based. A lot of it is. Christmas presents arriving uh, at the house. Uh, stuff that I've ordered for the good lady and stuff to take back with me to see my mom and dad uh, over Christmas. Um, so Christmas presents are arriving at the Campbell Cottage, which is making me feel very festive. Uh, and also, it's dawning on me that I, I but this in two weeks' time from today, I will have finished work for the year. Like I, I booked a, I decided I needed to use some holiday because like I haven't taken any holiday this year because the world's been on fire. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to book off the week before Christmas, well, like the week in the run up to Christmas. I never normally take time off over Christmas. I've always been one that's worked right up to the to the final hour. But I'm actually going to take a whole week off in the run up to Christmas. I'm really excited to actually be you know, kicking back a little bit. And I mean, again, like I, as with anybody that's booked time off from work during lockdown, I'm booking time off just to what? Sit around in my underpants for a bit. Like it's the weirdest thing, isn't it? Have you found that when you, when you kind of said, right, I'm taking a day off and there's that weird work-based guilt that comes in because you're taking a day off, but you're not doing anything. <laughs> I think we've had discussions in the past when we've been meeting up and I think, uh, one of the things that's come to me in my head. One of the things that worries me about uh, dying is the fact that I won't be able to do anything. <laughs> so you, I know exactly you what you mean. How you fill your time? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what am I going to do after I'm dead? <laughs> that's the thing that bothers us. Like, is there what? a botchamania in heaven? Do right. They, do they uh, botch probably, in heaven? probably one in hell. <laughs> <laughs> but, do they even yeah, botch like, in heaven? That's the question. Oh. Uh, <laughs> for me heaven is for me heaven is sin cara versus dink the clown twice a day you know? <laughs> but um so that's i fully understand what you're talking about tom i i have is guilt when i am um on the very rare times when i'm not like 
doing work or processing stuff or getting stuff planned for when I have to be working. It's it, it, the brain doesn't like it. So I completely understand. You're even more work motivated than myself. So yes, God knows what it's like for you if you have a day off and you know. I think I think uh, do you I'm have feeling any plans it. for your day off. No, I'm, I'm none, none at all. I'm 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 feeling right. the the build up to it because by by me wanting to bugger off from work from like in two weeks time, like I want to get so many things in place and scheduled and done before I finish. So it just means that the next two weeks are just like full tilt, like get everything done, record a million different things. I recorded seven podcasts yesterday. I counted them all. I was like, what is going on? Like there's a lot to, there's a lot cracking on here. Some long days, but it's all days doing fun things with good people like yourself. So I can't really complain. I will do, but I shouldn't. <laughs> Christmas! Hey. It's a weird one, isn't it? It's a weird one. It is. And it's weird that you're saying this about like the, the work of it. Because first of all, Christmas is not time off from work. There's a lot of work needed for Christmas. Um, if you want to have a good one, if you want to have a crap one, it's, a, Without any it's fear. like falling off a log. But um, when I went to Amsterdam with my mates, which was 2018... That was the first time I'd ever been away, uh, just the sake of like relaxing and chilling. I'd only been and travelled for like wrestling events or conventions oh, or things really? as like an end game. So, yeah, it's, I think it's been a while for myself now, and it's like, unless you count twenty twenty as some sort of bizarre holiday from hell type thing. <laughs> I've seen on ITV at nine pm. That's the glory of having Alex in my life is that when we go on holiday, like there's no work. Like and and if I'm even 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 hinting at possibly doing some work while I'm there, it's like no, that's not why we're here. You have to stop. Like nothing. Is there anything that's pressing? I remember one conversation as I, I sat as, as I sat in a jacuzzi in in Spain. Uh, we had we we had this place where I I I had I had a little bit of money back then, and we had this place which had a um a private jacuzzi on the balcony. I was like, yeah, I'm going to pay a little extra to have that. Thank you very much. And I remember sitting in it with a beer and I was thinking about some some work-related stuff and I was telling Alex about it and then she said, why are you talking about this here? I said, I don't know. It was just on my mind. Mm-hmm. And she said, if you, don't, if, you, if you don't do it till you get back, will anybody die? I was like, well, no, it'll be fine. Well, there you, there's your answer. I'm going to get you another beer. I'm like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> So it does help when you're with somebody who isn't work. Like Alex is, Alex is work driven, but she's also much better at me at switching off from work. Like she knows when she's on a day off to go, I'm not going to worry about work today. I'm going to do anything other than worry about work today. She's very good at that. And she's slowly teaching me her ways. I might have to book Alex over this uh, Christmas period. Yes, please do. Please do. (laughs) She'll be glad of the work. No. Um, So, Let's talk about wrestling for a bit because it's the last time that you and I will talk about SmackDown in the year of our Lord 2000 until 2021. Uh, have you had any personal highlights from maybe not SmackDown itself, but at least our gatherings on a weekly basis, sir? Tom, these will be one of the most consistently fun things I've done this year, um, given everything else has been inconsistently bloody horrible. <laughs> this has been a little, uh, a little lighthouse in a fog of poo. So <laughs> the whole lot. The whole uh, lock, stock, and two smoking barrels test, bulldog, <laughs> Colonel XB joining us on a little adventure on the SS Kane um, <laughs> Photoshop, John. To name but a few, I know those are just two of the big ones. You know, they're the Stephen Scodes 
to uh, this podcast. Uh, there's been plenty of other people who've just tweeted. Um, that time a few weeks ago when you forgot to tell me that you're going to add on a bit where if you listen to the other podcast, message Matthew and say blamange. <laughs> and I had lots of people must be blamange. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, it's Tom. All right. <laughs> it's all being gravy. What about yourself? For me, I, I genuinely think it's just been a lovely compliment to, uh, to Cultaholic as a whole. I think it's important to say. Uh, I think in general, it's I've enjoyed. There's no other podcast. I mean, to, I, we obviously with Justin as well. I don't want to discount the work I do with Justin for the last couple no, of years. No, go ahead. But, but I, <laughs> I thought you'd appreciate me doing this. Um, I, I feel like I'm the I feel like I'm the kid at the service station being picked up by his dads. Um, but, but oh wow! I know, right? For me, it is. I think, as you say, in in all that has been pretty awful this year. Um, one of the things I value the most is 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 the friendships we've made along the way. Uh, is is working with yourself and knowing that no matter how bad things are, like there's an allocated ninety minutes in the week where me and Matthew, no matter what state we come into this in, we'll we'll leave laughing our heads off about something ridiculous, about something banal, and something that will probably get turned into a meme if not by john eiley by photoshop king john eiley but by colonel xp <laughs> so <laughs> there is a great sense of pride that comes from that i'm proud of the little community that we've got in the wider cultaholic multiverse like i feel like you got you've got people that watch the youtube videos and then sometimes i mean even last week i had somebody send me a message saying you mentioned something about a podcast that you guys do where can i find it I was like, well, it's right here. And and I just imagine them suddenly discovering 50-odd episodes of the... 40-odd episodes of the classic Smackdown review, 100-odd episodes of the classic Raw review, like opening an Aladdin's cave, pretty much, of stuff. So, and I'm really proud that we welcome new people in like that. But yeah, I'm... I'm there's lots to be happy about doing this shindig. And, we'll, and I'm excited to do more of it when we come back in 2021 because we're going we're just a few weeks outside of my favorite pay-per-view of the year 2000 so we start strong with that particular one and we carry on with one of the best years the wwf ever had which is the year 2000 mm. it's a great year wasn't it, mate? it's a great year <laughs> within within reason what a lovely dose of positivity to start off the podcast yeah i know let's go for it what were some of the horrible things happening in the wrestling news, <laughs> according to Mr. Davey Meltzer, Mr. Tom? So before we hand over to Matthew Gregg to take us through the rigors of this week's episode of SmackDown, just to give you a little bit of a, a check on what's been happening in the wrestling world everywhere else. ECW is cancelled, Maff. Oh, cancelled. Oh, what did it say now? <laughs> no, now this is cancelled in the old sense of the term, not in the angry Twitter sense of the term. No. So ECW uh, is cancelled as expected by TNN, effective of the 22nd of September when its contract ends. This date appears to preclude any chance of USA Network having ECW ready to go on the air the Monday after WWF leaves, which was possibly a thing that was going to happen. So WWF is off to TNN. ECW is toast. And there, there was some hopes that maybe there might be something ECW can do with the USA network, but that won't really pan out. Uh, according to uh, TNN, 
Uh, they put out a statement saying, ECW has failed to meet some of the criteria of the agreement that we had, including ratings, performance, and targets. We appreciate the efforts ECW and Paul Heyman have made to bring wrestling fans to TNN. Now, there was a lot of... Um, there's a lot said on this in the ECW documentary that WWE put out and how there was issues from Paul Heyman's side of it, which was that TNN weren't promoting them and were like openly discussing working with a, with a rival wrestling promotion. And uh, it's, it's hard to kind of sort through the weeds on this one, isn't it, Mav? Ah. Uh... It's so great looking at old ECW drama and backstage stuff with the, the eyes that we now know things because there's so much positivity and outlook. Like, it's okay. TNN may have left us, but we still have USA Network to go on. And this was the mindset of a lot of ECW fans back then because we were all drinking the Heymanade. Uh No, the USA Network thing was never a thing. It was never going to happen. And if there was the distinct possibility of it happening, it had to be scuppered. By watching ECW on TNN and seeing Heyman cutting a promo on TNN and blaming every negative thing about the show and about the the deal they signed on the network that is broadcasting them. <laughs> that would put you off somewhat. Yeah, of course it would. <laughs> Just ridiculous. They have failed to meet expectations. I, I think it was that they promised higher rate or said that they had to have certain ratings and it was like maybe a 2.0. Uh, they average about 1.0 if they were lucky, um, which is why it's very funny to this day that even when they did the Rise and Fall of ECW DVD and Eamon and all these other people, like WCW was so bad at that point, ECW had a real chance to be the number two organization in the in America. And Bischoff's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> that would be like, that would be like Cultaholic saying, ooh, what culture's numbers are down soon? We'll be higher as, than Watch Mojo as a result. <laughs> it's just, it's just, no. Anyway, so yeah, good old Heyman, good old ECW stuff. And there's still people who believe all this stuff that Heyman says, even, even though we know he's a filthy liar. <laughs> he really has been outed as such over the last few years in particular. But, uh, but I think history will still... If you look back now with what we know, you just... You, you take everything with not even a pinch of salt with a dump truck full of salt uh, with, with what Heyman says on DVDs and documentaries and stuff. Cause it's like Paul Heyman has even said, I swear on my kids and I'm still, and I'll still be lying. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> wow. So there's nothing off limits. That's incredible. So well, did we, he say what the one of us say on time? He's like, he's like, I swear on my, like on my mother and like, his mother died years ago. <laughs> uh, elsewhere in the wrestling world. Um, Johnny Ace has told All Japan that he's not coming on tour. He's expected to take a backstage job with WCW. Now, I mention this because it, it dawns on me that Johnny Ace potentially about to start with WCW at this point, which he does. Um, would this, in hindsight, make Johnny Ace the most successful person from WWF's purchase of WCW? <laughs> Other than Rey Mysterio, the fellow high flyer, uh, yeah, I think you're, you're right there. Uh, I remember the only little thing about Johnny Ace's WCW run, because it was very brief, was, so it's like some wrestlers being like, well, very happy, maybe Johnny Ace will come in and he'll sort them out because of all Japan and whatever. And apparently he came in and was just a yes man, and they were like, oh, never mind. Uh... As if Johnny Ace 
was the man to save WCW at that point. But it shows that they were really clutching at straws at this point. If they're like, you know what? Johnny Ace. He's the guy. <laughs> New yeah. era. Also, he had... Um, he arranged when Hayabusa was in America filming scenes for... Oh, God, what was that film called? Backyard Dogs. Or whatever the hell it was called. <laughs> um, he went up to WCW to see people and Johnny Ace was like, Hey, Hayabusa. <laughs> and I saw some photos of uh, Hayabusa having to be around in WCW backstage and people like oh Hayabusa's gonna be in WCW he wasn't <laughs> much sure his one match was even filmed so. uh, I have some news on um, some former WWF guys now this is intriguing Pride President uh, Naoto Morishita wants to use Dr. Death Steve Williams and Bart Gunn on upcoming Pride shows <laughs> Brawl for All coming soon did Pride <laughs> Do we God, get them on? Do we that? get them in Pride? No. I couldn't remember oh, if we God, did or no. <laughs> no, no, Steve Williams didn't do any... Um, well, Bart Gunn definitely didn't do any uh, shoot fights. So... Not that I'm aware of. And uh, one more... You know what I'm saying is, as I'm, as I'm typing... Yeah, I can hear you background. going, no, just he a... didn't. Clackety, 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 clackety. Oh, he did do MMA. In, oh, beg your pardon. In a K... Bloody hell, K1 in 2004. <laughs> Oh. Go on, lad. Oh, mate. Get Damn in it. there. Uh, uh, 22 seconds against uh, Alexei Egashnov. <laughs> Ugh. God. Yeah, the... <laughs> I don't know what happened with that because uh, people said in the past that Pride... Oh, my God. Barkun did do Pride. Oh. I did not know this. He did uh, in 2006. Um, he lost the decision, decision to uh, Ikuhisha Minoa. Oh, Minoa man. Oh, I know who that is. Wow. Uh, well, well, you know what? I apologize. I didn't fight each other, but <laughs> but at least he has a uh, has a victory against uh, Wesley Cabbage. <laughs> Wesley against, uh, Cabbage. Uh, on the rock. Oh, that's I not a real person. I actually know who that is because I remember we were watching a UFC show way back in the day at my mate's house. And he's the guy who stopped Tank Abbott and then did the Tank Ad Abbott three count dance afterwards to mock him. <laughs> That's incredible. Oh, That's wow. incredible. Yeah, I'm I'm very glad for Steve Williams' health that he didn't try and do that in Japan because he probably suspected... Well, a lot of people in WWE didn't seem to realize, like, uh, if I lose, that's the end of me in Japan. There's no benefit whatsoever of him having a shoot fight with Bart Gunn and losing a second time. No, absolutely not. And uh, finally, Dennis Rodman is still being advertised as appearing for seven wrestling shows in Australia between the oh. end of July and the beginning of August. The 14-day Superstars of Wrestling Tour will feature Dennis Rodman versus Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Australia, you lucky buggers. Awesome. That's oh. IGF, I think. Uh, anyway, yeah, Rodman Down Under would see a kind of DVD release. Now, I do believe Brian Zane has done an excellent recap of this. I'm a massive fan of his, of, of his work on that particular one. Uh, a rival promotion in Australia, however, is running a show in August using local wrestlers as well as former WCW star Blitzkrieg as the headliner. Oh. 
some beefy wrestling going on in weird parts of Australia there. Uh, there there certainly Rodman, isn't interrupt. Case Blitzkrieg. Oh, they combine the two like uh, the invasion. Beefcake <laughs> versus Blitzkrieg. Uh, sorry, the name of the company, and I'm very sorry for getting it wrong, and I'm almost glad I did. The name of the company was I Generation, as in I hyphen generation, like it's uh, Apple. Superstars of Wrestling. Nice. Well, it just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> it's a catchy old name that one it's a catchy old name so that is the wrestling news for this week um i've got a few notes on the dark events and sunday night heat before smackdown if you'd like me to go through those of course amazing right so uh we are in florida for this one uh the mayor of davy florida uh, we've talked about him previously harry venus uh, he's he's wrestled a couple of times on indie shows. WWF are a big fan. They've got Rocky Johnson uh, with him uh, to to do uh, to play a managerial role uh, on the on these on in these certain indie promotions. Um, he was uh, announced as part of the show as a special guest. Was announced as the mayor of South Florida. Very confusingly, uh, he was attacked by Rodney and Joey Abs. Which tag team made the save for him, Math? Oh, God. The way you said this, I don't think it's going to be a good one. Oh, no. Is it low down? Mate, it's actually lower on the totem pole than low Lower down. than low down? Lower than... You can oh. go lower than low down. <laughs> Kai and Tai. You can go lower than Kai and Tai. <gasps> the head button on the dead. Um, Oh, TNA. You can go lower than Test and Alba. <laughs> Tom. You can. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do limbo here. Um, a WWF tag team. Yeah. Okay. Were they full time? No. Briscoe and Patterson. They were barely part time. Nope. Lower than Briscoe. Oh, May Young and the Fabulous Moolah. Lower. No, Tom. No. They were saved by the Kate Dubs. And Linda. Get. I almost told you to. Almost swore there. Scott and Vic Dup made the save. They had a match against the posse, which was described as terrible by Dave Meltzer. Wow. <laughs> uh, on Sunday Night Heat, we had Too Cool beating the Hardys. Uh, Bull Buchanan beating Crash to avenge that King of the Ring loss. Thank God. Um, Perry Satin beat Godfather by DQ. Stephen Richards coming down to try and put a burlap sack over the hose. <laughs> but Godfather jumped out to all save all of them. All of them. One big. I don't. I can't tell you whether it was one big sack or multiple smaller sacks. But I know that Godfather tried to save them. Then Saturn jumped out to save them as well because Saturn he loves himself a hoe, and uh, it all got a bit messy. Match thrown out. Uh, also, Al Snow beat Sa Rios with a new submission move finisher. That's worth knowing as well. And Bradshaw beat Midian and Gangrel in a handicap match. So that's Sunday Night Heat for Oof. you. It's a, it's a beefy Sunday night heat right there. Oh, good. Well, that's the one appearance of the uh, the, the number one contenders the tag team titles, just want to point out. <laughs> Who, Midian and Gangrel? Uh, yes, yes, those two. <laughs> I knew it! I knew it! We'll talk about Midian in this episode, actually. I've got something to say. Yeah, about. I was going to say we will, actually. We certainly will. So those are all my notes. Let's go over to Amafu, Greg, who will talk us through this week's episode of SmackDown on UPN. We certainly will, and we are in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, which is a weird name for a big city. Apparently, it's named after a series of forts built uh, by the United States during the Second Seminole War. Ooh. 
Harvest Moon R was a sprightly 53 when that happened. <laughs> and I really should be the last person to mock anybody's uh, name of where they're from, given that I am from Bishop Auckland. <laughs> or Bish Vegas is better known. Yeah, you know what? I think that's better. Not to be confused with the bishop of the same name. And no dramatic recap, so straight to the witty wee, witty woo, witty wee, witty woo. And we start with King Kurt. On Monday Night Raw, Kurt Angle interfered in Undertaker and Kane versus Edge and Christian for the tag titles to end the match via DQ to retain ENC's tag titles. Long live Team Eck. Uh, Angle says he wants to apologise. He's sorry to the fans who have to live miserable lives and not showing proper respect to the king of the ring. Sorry to the old people of Florida who will soon all die and won't live long enough to see him win the world title. And sorry to Undertaker and Kane. He was just trying to help his friends. He knows that Undertaker has enough integrity to understand and move on with his life. <laughs> so good. Chris Jericho is here to have a match with him and we get reminded... That he drop kicked Triple H through a table last SmackDown and then helped Rikishi stink face him on Raw. How nice. Jericho would also like to apologize to Stephanie. Actually, forget it. He doesn't want to, and she is still a scum sucking gutter. He changed uh, also, it this week. No, he changed it this week at pressure from, uh, from up top to make it cleaner. He just changed it this week. I was going to say, he then finishes with also no apologies to Triple H and the splinters out of his censored. So, yeah, I think they changed the gutter. That's why I mumbled that because they, you know. He changed it from home to tramp. Come for us. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, the tramps will keep you away. Well, it's hard for the tramps to get together, though. <laughs> or whatever. Um, <laughs> the, you can tell it's doing a lot of good here when they're censoring some stuff like the butt and tramp. Stephanie shows up before Angle and Jericho start wrestling and the crowd start chatting for a new wrestler called Slut. <laughs> That, that, that's just dying for a PTC guy. Maybe maybe uh, the guy from Anchorman who showed up a few months ago. Come on, go, no, no, no. We shout Trump, Trump. Uh, Commentators say Hardcore Holly will be out three weeks with a broken arm, getting the new plate shoved in. Three weeks? He's I mean, hard, he's not he? Wolverine. Bloody <laughs> hell. Now he's out for months. Three weeks is very optimistic. God. Uh, though I do hear he's in a hospital with three toilets. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hell of a callback. <laughs> so I was telling Tom the other night, I'm, I messaged him because I was reading Hardcore Holly's book, The Hardcore Truth, or it should be called That Pissed Me Off, The Hardcore Story. That's all he says every three pages. But I forgot, talk about what he did, Operation Sandman, that TV movie with Ron Perlman, and his entire thing about the experiences, I was in a... I was in a hotel with three toilets. Quote, that was crazy. <laughs> oh, Holly. You and you your penchant for multiple toilets. Just takes a big whiz and just goes, how do you like me now? <laughs> I'm going to whiz him all the toilets. How do you like me now? <sighs> what a guy. Apparently, <laughs> apparently on Raw, before the time, this is match starts, apparently Kurt Angle walked out of his tag partner, the Brooklyn Brawler, and Michael Cole is disgusted, <laughs> which I don't understand at all. Like, Cole, do you understand that was a joke pick? <laughs> I don't uh, think he got it, to be honest. Yeah. Wow, what a, what a fiend Kurt Angler's believe in the Brooklyn Brawler hanging. Uh, they have a nice match here. It's nice seeing proper wrestling gradually getting more and more time every week. And we're now at this point where it's just 
just a bit just a bit more every week rather like in Rodal's tweets where every day he takes a little bit off the cane or adds a little bit to the cane I should say to make it look like she's shrinking just every now and again there's a little more minutes for these matches and it's gradually getting this this new version of wrestling fans that would love and well hate to this day because that match is going too long now we need the reverse <laughs> but still it's nice uh, but eventually Stephanie low blows Jericho with Kurt Scepter who were to stop the walls to allow Kurt to deliver the Olympic slam Steph is happy any thoughts here on the opening bit of Raw uh, Smackdown Tom good match to open us up with uh, I think the crowd chanting slut makes me chuckle because you can change your language for the show but you've already conditioned your fans to chant truly awful things so you can't suddenly put that it's going to take many years to to put that Pandora back in the box so to speak <laughs> hang on no Pandora didn't come out of the box did she it was called Pandora's box but Pandora wasn't in the box um, to to close Pandora's box. That's not true. I, I mean, I don't know. I've never opened Pandora's box. I mean, oh, it would be good I'm if sure you have opened Pandora's box. You open, but you open the box and she jumps out, shouting Pandora. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she she op- she jumps out the box and she goes, "Oh, why aren't you using Spotify?" That's a Pandora joke. Thanks oh, very oof. much. Oof. <laughs> I tried to submit a podcast to Pandora. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Which is how all good stories start. Um, and, and I realised that my it wasn't cool enough to. A while ago, this was. And, and it asked me for like for the freshness of the podcast. And it asked me um, how, mu- how much clout it had. It was like, like how, many, how many viewers it already had. I was like... I just want to just want to give you the RSS code and leave. <laughs> They're like, nah, you got to prove that you're cool to be on Pandora. I'm like, oh, well, I'm, I'm not. I'm gonna. I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> yeah, you better go, you prick. Sorry, Pandora. <laughs> and that's tough. Did you start story. typing off. Did you start typing <laughs> wrestling podcast? Then you just went, oh, forget it. I started typing wrestling podcast. And I got a 401 error for some reason, <laughs> and uh, I can't get back into the website. <laughs> Pandora picture... went back into the box. It's just, just Pandora didn't want anything to do with me after I started typing in wrestling websites. Pandora went to the box and then Captain Jack went to get it out and it was actually Terry Funk. <laughs> That's one of those stupid lines I wish Justin Henry was here because he'd, he'd laugh in all of his 56k dial-up fashion. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was a good match, uh, but that's not the important bit. The important bit is that afterwards, Kurt Angle is so happy. He celebrates the only way an Olympian can by throwing big piles of food on a strategically placed table backstage. Woo! I did it! Yay! Throws it all over his head, the milk, the suds, the cream, and it goes all over Undertaker's bike. Uh, Whose bike is it? How do we know it's Undertaker's? Well, luckily, Midian is there to do a walk-on roll and say, hey, Kurt, that's Undertaker's bike. And then... Kurt does like, Kurt does like a Yogi Bear where it's like, Undertaker's bike. <gasps> it jumps up in the air and his little feet are like running and. Starts <laughs> running before he does. <laughs> little Kurt Angle like smoke dust thing. Uh, Jerry Lola says, Milk does a body good, but I'm not sure about motorcycles. Uh, Kurt Angle taxis out of the arena in his gear after realizing his lactose lapse, his dairy delusion. His creamy confusion, but hello you, I'm Guru Larry. <laughs> and today we're talking to talk 
Milk on bikes. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I love Guru Larry. I want to cross over with uh, Guru Larry and Matt McMuscles in 2021. I'd like to hear them argue. Because they're two of the nicest, positive people. Complaining about this podcast being too in. It's Let, let me remind you, yeah. it's free and it's Christmas. Hi, I'm, I'm Josh Ravel. And this podcast is going down like a cup of sick. Anyway. <laughs> Right, enough YouTubers. Uh, anyway, Mick Hello, Foley. Hello, I'm the Nostal. Oh, wait, no, we don't do him anymore, do we? Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, Mick Foley, Commissioner, is here. And he wants an explanation from Benoit and Shane McMahon. Oh. Mick Foley lets us know that China spent the hours before Raw hanging out with Foley's daughter, playing with her hair, and then they play with her toys. I typed that wrong. I put playing with her hair and doing her hair, whatever. And you, Benoit, did this to her. We get a clip from Raw. China stops Benoit from using the European title on Guerrero, so Benoit bonks her and then cross faces her. And you can hear the audio of the Raw crowd cheering, but Mick Foley say, says this is really heinous, so we'll pretend they weren't cheering. Benoit makes Mick Foley sick. And then later on, on that very same Raw, The Rock versus Shave Up Man ends after about 10 seconds with Benoit chair shot in The Rock and then stretching him out too. Mick Foley says he knows Benoit is one of the best wrestlers he's ever seen. But he also doesn't see compassion and wants to know, why, Chris? Why? We'll all think that in a few years' time. Benoit chants, Benoit sucks. And Chris answers, you don't see any compassion, Mick, because I don't have any. And also, I'm the best technical wrestler in WWF and also the best technical wrestler in the history of WWF. Prove me wrong. Benoit wants the title... So he wants the people's champion and his actions will speak louder than words. Thank Christ. Uh, before McFoley can answer, E and C show up to kiss up to a fellow Canadian's ass, and the crowd boos the residents of Mexico North. Uh, Michael Cole says Benoit kicks butt, edging Christian kiss it. Good line from him. McFoley says we're not in Canada, we're in Fort Lauderdale. The crowd goes, yay, that's where we're from. <laughs> McFoley makes it a six person tonight with uh, Beck. That's Benoit Edge Christian versus Guerrero, China, and The Rock. Ooh. I think that Ooh. this was. Yeah, Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes, this was a. Before we were off the rails, this was a fantastic segment because Benoit looked and sounded credible. Mm. Uh, probably the most he sounded since joining the WWF. He's ditched the icy title, and usually that's a sign like, uh oh, SpaghettiOs. But it's actually he's lost it so he can go up the card. And now he's just stretching people. Now he looks like a force to be reckoned with. Now he's just attacking people and stretching whoever he wants to and saying, look, I'm the best. Prove me wrong. It's nice. He's simple. He's not good in the mic. But they're giving him a few words to say and he says them well. And then that's it. The crowd just sucks. Benoit sucks. Benoit sucks. Mick Foley was on fine form here. Oh, brilliant. Really getting you emotive because China isn't at that level where you care about it that much. Where like, oh, she got attacked. It's like, oh, she shouldn't be in the ring then. But... Mick Foley saying, she was playing with my daughter. They were talking about men. They were doing the things that girls do. And then you did that. It's like, whoa, Benoit. Whoa, you're a dick. Mm. <laughs> so Mick Foley is really helping the angle right now. So what did you think of this? Superb. I think Mick Foley all night is, is peak. He's brilliant. He's in promo land. He's passionate about it. And... There's a, when when Mick Foley is on, he is genuinely one of the best. Like he is able to 
and 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 he's a big part of why Benoit was getting over at this point because of things like that where he's he's both slating him and putting him over at the same time. And Foley was always really good at that. He was able to walk that line of, you know, selling that he could beat you, but also getting over just how dangerous the opponent is. And that's a, that's seems like a basic 101 wrestling, that is. Like, you know, there's nobody, nobody will buy a ticket to see you beat up a nobody. You know, mm. you, you want people to believe that there is some fight in there and, and there's a challenge there. And Mick Foley was always excellent at that. And Mick Foley, now he's retired. This is such a lovely role for Foley because he gets to stay in the business that he loves. Uh, he gets to rest his body completely and he gets to still cut promos, which is something that he always loved to do as well. So it's, this is a great Commissioner Foley. The Commissioner Foley role is is excellent. And, and this was a brilliant bit here. God, we really go like back and forth with this. Like, wow, what a great promo. Isn't that right, Guru? Like, yes, <laughs> Triple H arrives. Where have you been all this time? I've been, I've been watching Odd Header. <laughs> Did you know that there's these these models in the Final Fantasy XIV game that were what? What do you mean a match with Kurt Angle? <laughs> Kurt Angle, you you, you were near Kurt Angle, and then his demeanor changes, and he's like, "Oh, I don't like the idea of Stephanie hanging out with Kurt." <laughs> oh, <laughs> there, might, there might be something in it, but there might be something between those two. But that's just a theory. <laughs> <laughs> You could get attacked by Kurt, you know, like a smart attack. <laughs> hey! Wait, like, a screw, of it? like a screw attack. Oh, wait, no. They're not a thing anymore. <laughs> Matthew checked his screw attack still a thing. Yeah, wait a minute. No, I didn't mean smart. Oh, wait. What's that? What? This is an art attack. <laughs> what is it called? This is... Bear in mind, this is the Christmas episode, so we are being a bit silly. We've not had a drink. Oh, yet. yeah. Apart, come on, there's all the serious ones. <laughs> well, anyway, I've forgotten the name of it, so I'll move on. Triple H arrives and says all the things, and he goes to see Commissioner Foley. And like uh, Millhouse's dad. I like the idea of Stephanie appearing in two good angles in one day. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, 
like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> Oof. Well, cut that out, Tom. <laughs> nope, leaving it in. The Dudleys. Oh, Christ. The Dudleys versus the SmackDown debut of Lowdown. Uh, very appropriately named. Uh, D'Lo and Chaz show up to no reaction, no tag name, and still using D'Lo's music. But they have new gear, which doesn't complement D'Lo's physique at all. But don't worry about the rough debut of this tag team. Tori has a bad shoulder, but it's not bad enough to prevent her from appearing at WWF New York and start signing autographs. With what hand, though? Yeah, I was going to say, like, if she's got a bad shoulder, it's horrible squiggles. <laughs> she's holding the pen like a dart. She's writing a big T on them. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> just, just scratching a letter T into the fight, into the signed photos. Signing pictures of Devon Dudley. She's not even looking. Like, oh. <laughs> Thanks. Pay attention. Great. <laughs> and I'm all for making a new tag team with two mid card dudes who aren't doing anything. But even I have to be a bit suspect about D'Lo Brown teaming up with bloody Chaz. <laughs> I mean, it's nice to show loyalty, but well, they're good. Chaz. They're good friends in real life, and mm-hmm. neither of them have got anything really going on, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah, we get a bit of background. Um, Cole says they're mad at the fans for turning on them and not supporting them, which I can understand about Chaz because without the skirt, no one knows who the hell he is. But I don't know why they turned D'Lo heel. He's <laughs> still getting cheers when he had that good match with Benoit. Um, D'Lo and Chaz get some nice moves in including a dive to the outside by D'Lo D'Lo misses the low down so the dudes set up the table there's a double down and then the right two sets of music kicks in and Stephen Richards takes away the table like he literally takes it and runs away with it uh, Bubba goes <laughs> looks and goes where's the table and goes to get another one so while that's happening uh, they take a double team from low down and obviously that's a pin oh no, don't be stupid. Um, Devon kicks out because, like, I'm not losing the bloody lowdown. Uh, so then they get up and hit the 3D and then they end it. Uh, <laughs> the segues into Stephen Richards telling Tom's mate, Kevin Kelly, yeah. that he's going to continue censoring tables and naked women because the viewing audience doesn't know what's good for them, but I do. And I've just typed here, PFFFT, <laughs> my reaction to that statement. Why? I like it. Because it's funny. It's it's funny how um what's the one looking for? I mean insecure they are about this. Uh, about the how they are having that censor and cutback stuff and they're saying this on the same episode where they're also censoring our ass and uh whatever Jericho used to call Steph. Like, oh look at these people trying to censor us as we're being censored because we also want money from, you know, Coca Cola and Pepsi. That's pretty standard of uh, WWE to play that card though, isn't it? It's uh the old uh, absolutely uh, you know if uh, if if Vince was a secret agent if Vince was a if Vince was a private investigator he'd be petty Wainthrop <laughs> sweet Jesus <laughs> hello <are> you <laughs> let's go back to what we know Do, um Chaz and D'Lo um they're playing the 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 same old hymn which is 
the office doesn't respect me. I deserve respect. That old chestnuts, which was something that Val Venus was doing. And in fact, it's something that pretty much every, um, pretty much every major mid-carder at some point will probably get lumbered with. Whereby they just go, oh, no, one, no one's paying attention to me. I deserve respect. And that's the whole thing with Chaz and Dealer. They come out of the match starting like looking a bit baby-faced-ish. And as the match goes on, they get a bit nastier. And then I hear Michael Cole say, these two are bitter. They just, they keep saying they deserve respect. I was like, ah, they're heels. Very generic heels, but heels nonetheless. I didn't mind them as a team. I'll be honest with you. I quite liked them as a team, you know? They're not the, they're a bit bland. And the direction they go in is is completely wrong. But there's there was something there at this point, I think. I don't necessarily... It's not that I dislike the tag team. It's that it did nothing for D'Lo. D'Lo in a singles match at that match with Benoit a few months ago. And now he's in a tag team match losing with Chaz. It's like when you see your mate in a relationship with someone, you know that they're no good for them. But they're happy. So you don't want to say anything too much. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> you don't want to upset them by going, he's a bit of an ass. I don't know why you're bothering. Because they're mm. having a lovely time. Yeah, but then when they do split up, you're like, oh, thank Christ. <laughs> uh, but never mind that. The Miami Dolphins at ringside, they play for the NFL. Ah, who cares about them? The XFL hits Orlando. <laughs> Hell yeah! The, Orla the Orlando Rage, they were called in the end. Because, <laughs> what a name. XFL hitting Orlando. I don't know, it doesn't sound like a promise. That sounds like a threat. Never mind that. Triple H goes to see Mick Foley in his office, and Triple H wants Jericho. Foley says nah, and he turns from silly Foley to serious Foley and says, "If you th threatens him, it'll be five grand for each punch he throws at Foley." And Jericho, if Jericho, no, if Triple H tries to get the match with Jericho fully loaded, Foley will make sure his days of main eventing will be over, and he'll book Triple H in every circus he knows that comes to town. But then eventually settles down and agrees to let him compete in a handicap match tonight. And if you win that match, you'll get Jericho on Raw. And if you don't, then you just have to wait till fully loaded, won't you? <laughs> uh, Mick Foley cut these wild emotional promos is nice, but I don't think we need them in every segment he's in. You know, we just got a really good one with Benoit, and then suddenly he's like, "If you hit me, I'm like, all right, all right, Foley, Foley, we, we love you. Sorry." They're Not diminishing returns, but saying that, I liked this one. I like the idea that it was that the because I think because we've because people have been watching WWF for so for so many months now where Triple H and the McMahons have just run roughshod, and now it's now the pennies on the other shoe, and <laughs> consequently now they're they're the ones on the receiving end. And I like the lines from Foley. I thought they were good. I thought they were impassioned. But yeah, it was something we'd seen something similar about twenty minutes before. Is the only thing, and it's you could have paced that a little bit better. But it was still a great visit to Promo Land for Mick Foley. Talking about how he was, how much he respected Triple H, how much he wants him on WWF, but he doesn't need him. You know, he's going to bury him and book him in, in small territories and book him at circus wrestling, carnival wrestling shows, all this stuff. I thought that was a really cool lines. Really like power plays. I like them a lot. But yeah, too close to the, the great stuff he did with Benoit as well. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that we disagree about my favorite wrestler of all time. So why am I saying these things? <laughs> uh, where are we at? Oh, never mind that. Let's shift gears slightly. No, not another Guru Larry thing. Um, here's Ivory and Jackie. 
That's right. Coming out together because uh, Di Malenko got attacked by them on Raw. Oh, wait. Here's Dean Sexy Malenko with two <laughs> women on either arm. Yeah, the ladies love the uh, light heavyweight champion. His opponents uh, in this handicap intergender match. Uh, yeah, we've seen Sexy Dean Malenko taking on Ivory and Jackie. His opponents swarm Dean as Lola yells, there's intergender flying all over the place. <laughs> I like that line. Past handicap action with Dean getting a poke to the eye of all things. Uh, the fake crowd noise ometer is wild during this epic encounter. Who expected anything else? Eventually, Crash Holly grabs Dean's foot and they do the Warrior Rude finish from WrestleMania. Uh, <laughs> the women pinning Dean. The women batter Dean with his title afterwards and leave. I don't know who this was supposed to help, if anybody. Maybe they're making such bad matches on purpose that Crash Holly is the second biggest babyface behind The Rock when he comes <laughs> in and ruins it, as seen at the Patterson Briscoe match at King of the Ring. He's like a very small 911 <laughs> from ECW days. 111. 118118. Yeah. Um, non threatened emergencies, please call Crash Holly. <laughs> I enjoyed the brief. Solid techers by Ivory and Dean Malenko. At the very beginning of this match, there was a brief exchange with Ivory and Dean where they did sort of catch as catch cad grappling. I was like, yeah, I appreciate that. And then there was there's a couple of good spots in here, and it was, I guess, we're building to Crash versus Dean or Dean versus all women. Um, maybe strange. Yeah. I, I, all right. You're you're a man who loves his women. All right. Well, now you're gonna wrestle and get beaten by them. Right. <laughs> and what maybe then? this is like when they have like low down start. No one cares to begin with. Maybe this will build up to something. It probably won't. But it is weird how WWE really likes putting together light heavyweight wrestlers and women. Yeah, like, they do. Okay. <laughs> They're pretty much the same thing. No, no, no not really, WWE. <laughs> anyway. Rikishi versus Val Venus. The feud continues. Oh, good. Uh, this is an IC title match. Rikishi still being the champ, which is apparently his uh, his his wooden spoon for not winning King of the Ring, <laughs> allegedly. Um, we don't get any replays of the epic feud so far, strangely enough. But instead of the drama, the blood, the violence, the table shots, the dive off the stage, Jerry Lawler talks about Trish Stratus looking better in a cowboy hat than Jim Ross. So I've still got the priorities in place. Priorities in right for him. I know Michael Cole mentioned the dive off the uh, off the stage, but it was but for Jerry. It was all about oh, oh look at Trish. Yeah, that those those PTC people are bastards. Whoa, look at them curves. <laughs> referee stops a chair shot straight away, so Val and Rikishi continue in the ring with the referee getting dunked. So TNA show up to hit a test elbow, but it's test, so he recovers and. <laughs> Rikishi shows off how little that did by it. They do the thing where he pushes out the pins so strongly that Valvinus jumps up and lands on the referee. This is after taking a test finish. Got to keep Rikishi ah. strong. Absolutely. Steph, how do I... Oh, I can tell when I wrote this. Steph, how do I disable fog in South Park 64? <laughs> you can't test. It's part of the game. <laughs> Oh, 
Steph, how do I return the game to Blockbusters? <laughs> Steph, what were they trying to achieve? <laughs> what game is Tess getting for Christmas for the N64? <laughs> no Mercy, 64. Hey! Wrong answer. He's getting Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. <laughs> Off. <laughs> but you said you like Star Wars. Yeah, but this is rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> this is rubbish Star Wars, Steph. Steph. Oh, Who's Dash Render? <laughs> he sounds rubbish. Albert shows up with his enormous head. It's all right, Test. I got you a game. Oh, thanks, Albert. You love me. Donkey Kong 64. <laughs> what a nice man. Put it as N64. You need an expansion pack to play this. Oh, Albert! <laughs> I knew you needed an expansion pack. I'm just a dickhead. <laughs> now, Albert goes, expansion pack? Oh, test. That's what the kids used to call my head at school. <laughs> I can't play Donkey Kong. I don't want to play Shadows of the Empire. So I'll just play Wave Race again. For test. <laughs> Steph, will they bring out Fighters Mega Mix for the, for the N64? I don't know, because I want to want to play as the AM2 Palm Tree. Yeah, test is actually a really stupid nerd. <laughs> Why don't Nintendo release games on the PlayStation? <laughs> Steph, when's Sonic coming out for the Game Boy? In 2000, <laughs> 2007. Oh, okay. <laughs> That sounds unheard of. I'll just sit here and wait. <laughs> I'll just play Beetle Adventure Racing till it gets here. Oh, I'm going to win as George Harrison. I couldn't afford to get a game for the PlayStation. All I got was this crappy demo of Crash Bash. <laughs> Not to worry, Chest. Actually, using this helpful code, the entire game is actually on the demo disc. Well, really? That's right. That's amazing. I'm going to call all my friends and tell them I've got crash pads. <laughs> I have a feeling that Test was working for PlayStation when that fumble happened. <laughs> now, Test, did you load the Crash Bash demo onto the demo disc? Oh, wait, no. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have been Test, would it? This, this is not a plot device for Test. Who's that a plot device for, Tom? This has to be a plot device for Kane, doesn't it? This has to be a plot device. Oh, I can hear the music already. <laughs> My first day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my first day at Sony. Oh, it's lovely to be here. Now, Kane, your first job is to load the Crash Bash demo onto the demo disc. Okay, look, Crash Bash onto the demo disc. No, Kane, listen again. The Crash Bash <laughs> demo, demo disc. You said demo twice. That's fine. I know what you mean. <laughs> How was your day, 3D? I put... <laughs> Why would he be this specific with Linda? How was your day, 3D? I put Crash Bash on the demo disc. Surely you mean the Crash Bash demo on the demo disc. Huh, you say it funny the same way they did. Well, good night. <laughs> Kane! <laughs> now everybody is going to play this bag average Crash game. Uh-oh, Spaghetti Horse. And the look is like, well, what did you do, Kane? And he goes, oh, mate, 
I made sure they couldn't get past the pit. And they look, and it's just the disc, but it has a little handwritten note that says, please don't go past level two. <laughs> Signed, Kane. <laughs> That'll stop them. If technology won't, their conscience will. <laughs> I feel like we should do a Christmas. That's got to be Kane, though. Oh. <laughs> Okay, a Christmas episode of That's Gotta Be Kane with me. Oh, I'm done wrapping my presents. I've bought, I bought a new Bible for my deeply religious mother-in-law, Belinda, and a sexy nun outfit for my wife, Linda. Now, I will just write... I will write my wife's name on this one, Linda. Now, I'll start writing my mother-in-law's name on it, but I'll, for some reason, start with Linda. Now to write the B and the E at the beginning. Ding dong. Oh, there's someone at the door. I'll just go and get it. <laughs> Three hours later. A lovely chat with my neighbour about their dog. Anyway. Oh, no. Which one was it? If only I'd written the B and the E first. I've confused everything. <laughs> Christmas Day. Guess what happens? <laughs> what do you think happens on Christmas Day, Matt? I'll just leave the audio gap so I can't like, speak and edit it properly. Uh, I don't know. Tom, what happened? Does, does Belinda and Linda show up at the same time? They do. <laughs> Lin Here's your present, Linda. Lin my wife. And Linda unwraps it. And here's your present, Belinda. <laughs> Belinda unwraps it. Belinda goes, oh, a Bible. Thank you. And Linda goes, oh, underwear. Thank you. Oh, I got it the right way round. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been a hilarious situation. Kane, is the chicken, is the turkey done yet? Uh oh, spaghetti! <laughs> and that's the twist. Well, to be fair, I had a 50% chance of getting it right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the numbers were in my favour. <laughs> hey, wait, wait. Um, Kane, what did you stuff the, the turkey with? <laughs> spaghetti! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Kane, you silly f <laughs> Oh, and we're still through. We're whole, only halfway through Valvinus versus Rikishi. We're halfway there, living on a prayer. That's right. So after that amazing kick out and segue, two cool show up to brawl with TNA to the back, but Rikishi has some issues with his strap. So Taz takes the opportunity as he's fixing it to run in and hit him with a camera, allowing Valvinus to nail the money shot to win the IC title. It took Trish, TNA, Taz, and the camera to help Rikishi. There was five Keish. of them. There was five of them. It took five of them. You got to keep Keish strong, ain't you? Absolutely. And uh, last week I said, Taz has a new look with the orange shirt buttoned up. He almost looks like he's an office worker from hell. Now he's got the full body thing. And now you're right. He is the bin man from hell. But he's only little. So it's a pedal bin from hell. Uh, this is just part of the ongoing Rikishi Valvinus feud. I enjoyed it. 
Uh, but I'm looking forward to the match. We get a fully loaded as a result. What did you think, Tom, if you remember what the match was like? Uh, I thought it was a good match. You can tell that like, Rikishi is not one for losing. He isn't one for losing matches. He's not a fan. Like We talked on the King of the Ring watch along about how stroppy he gets when it comes to losing. <laughs> so I, would, I can't help but feel that all these run-ins and everything else is merely to placate him in losing the Intercontinental Championship. So I'm not getting a great picture on Kane, I think. On Kane? Yeah. On Rikishi? Yeah, on Rikishi, sorry. That's got to be... <laughs> That's got to be Kane. <laughs> That's got to be Rikishi. <laughs> Kane is out of a Steph infection. So the... Oh, the... Steph infection? Today's Kane will be played by Rikishi. <laughs> yeah, it took everything in the world and a test elbow to, to put Rikishi away here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like that they are protecting Rikishi because he is hot at this moment in time. So it would be silly to have Valvinus, you know, get to the same level while taking him too far down. Makes sense to me. But backstage, T and A and V celebrate with a little bit of the bubbly and they make sure not to drown Taz with the suds. <laughs> Next up, Big Boss Man versus Steve Blackman for the hardcore title. Fire extinguisher gets used, but it's surprisingly dull uh, to pronounce with you until Blackman gets sent into the crowd and then Al Snow incognito twats Boss Man and Steve retains after a kendo stick shot. That's all I wrote about this match. Uh, do you have anything else, Tom? Uh, Blackman showing off being a hardcore legend here. Uh, the the Blackman era of the hardcore title is my favourite era of the hardcore title. Massive fan of his work here. Um, Al Snow getting amongst it is an interesting little twist. Um, yeah, fine. Hardcore plunder. Happy days. Mm. Uh, Midian backstage tells on Angle because he's a get. Uh, Undertaker is mad. Where he almost punches out Midian, and he goes, "Whoa, whoa don't, don't shoot the messenger!" And take a whoa, the steam coming out of his ears and everything. <laughs> we talked about biker taker quite a lot. Can we talk about biker Midian? <laughs> you ever hear the story that if Andre the Giant wasn't able to get to the ring for WrestleMania three, that Paul Orndorff was on standby, just in case, because Andre was that packard. Yeah, I like to think that uh, under Midian. Was there just in case Undertaker couldn't make it? He's there backstage at King of the Ring 2000, like revving up his moped, <laughs> just in the event that Undertaker's not getting involved. And no one mentions it. This act like that is actually Undertaker, and see how long it takes people. <laughs> it's the Undertaker. Just, just roll with it. And anybody that says otherwise, you just block them. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, Undertaker won't be speaking, moving, or doing anything that requires effort. But it's definitely him, folks. <laughs> So, wait a minute, this year he's been Mankind, he's been the APA, and now he's the Undertaker. <laughs> he's a very talented man, is, is Dennis Knight. It, yes. He's got to have some time to stay around this long, it's probably been bloody awful. Yeah, well, he was on he was on TV this year. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, sorry, 2020, you're right. Yeah. It's the, it's the Godwins. He was, yeah, he, him, and Henry, him and Henry Godwin turned up. At the did. Undertaker's final, final hoo-ha. The whack of the night. Whack as in wacky tabaki is Undertaker's last ride on Christian, which this big old power bomb now is a name. And this means we get Kane and Undertaker going to the ring. But sadly, 
not with Undertaker riding his bike. He walks instead. I think a man like Undertaker should have rode the bike whilst, <laughs> like a real man, still covered in milk. And with like little bit little bits of cereal and hula hoops on his on his ass. Acting like nothing's happening. <laughs> You've done it now and you're slipping away, falling off his bike, crashing <laughs> You've in the ring. Gone ringstone. and spilt my weed of bigs. <laughs> <laughs> They're taking on TNA. Because we haven't seen enough of them this episode. Yay! Flipping out, mate. Memes colliding. Kane and Test. Uh, right, I've got. Uh, oh boy, Linda will be happy. I'm getting off all of a long-running cultaholic podcast joke. <laughs> <laughs> and then Linda asks, "Oh, you're wrestling bulldog?" <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> I like to think that Kane ran up to Test backstage and went, "Test! Oh, let me do it. Let me do it, Steph." Obscure N64 game. <laughs> and Tess is like, what are you talking about? I don't know what you mean. And Kane's like, you know, like the podcast. And Tess is like, it's the year 2000, Kane. What's a podcast? Well, the one that Matthew and Tom do for Cultaholic. <laughs> What's called? Are you drunk, Kane? <laughs> no, they do a joke about you. Who's doing a joke about me? Well, they do a joke where you, you, you play a lot of N64 games and... And, it, and you like you'll go, oh, Steph, what's how do I play this? Well, it you have to hear it to understand it. It's very difficult to explain. Tom tried to explain it to to, to his partner the other night, and it fell very awkwardly quiet. So we just we just carried on watching Elf. Test goes, Kane, why are you quoting something that went on in Tom's real life through an impression of yourself in the year two thousand? I don't I don't know. I've I've gone down a, a rabbit hole here. <laughs> I'm hoping Math will pull me out and carry on talking about SmackDown. No? no. Okay. Well, <laughs> do you know who Guru Larry is? <laughs> Who's a good, what's Guru Larry? I don't know. He's a YouTuber. What's what's YouTube? This is 2000. Is it like WWF.com? No, it's it's not as good. Um, <laughs> that's gotta be Kane. <laughs> it's like, what's gotta be Kane? No, it's a joke from the... You still haven't told me what a podcast is, Kane. Oh, it's... Uh, it's a, it's like a radio show, but you you, you get it on iTunes. What's an iTunes? Oh, f oh, it's like CD players. I don't know. Linda, help! Put me back in the TV. Colonel XB, edit this bit quick. Play play the music quick. Kane, who are you talking to? I'm talking to Linda. <laughs> Linda's Linda's working in the office in Stamford. No, my wife, Linda. She's not your wife, Kate. <laughs> she's not your wife, Kate. She's, she's our boss. No, we're married. <laughs> no, no you, you're not. You, Glenn. Yeah. Glenn, mate. Glenn, you, you've got a wife at home. You, you live in Knox County. No, I live with Linda. <laughs> and I, and embarrassing things happen. And I go, oh, oh SpaghettiOs. Kane, you're not well. <laughs> Kane. Kane, Linda's married to Vince. No! And then Kane wakes up. Oh, what a nightmare. Oh, I had this horrible dream. <laughs> the dream sequence was the only way out of it. Linda, I broke the simulation again. <laughs> Can you restart it? Where's my title shot? You've gone too far back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was it. That was 
That was existential. Wow, that was beautiful, Tom. Thanks, mate. I feel a bit sick now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, TNA versus Undertaker and Kane. <laughs> what happens? Yeah, that's definitely going to follow that. Uh, Gene wearing Undertaker refuses to sell for everybody. Kane at least sells politely for Albert. Uh, and then just pins him after a chokeslam. <laughs> then mad milk-filled Undertaker gives a very impressive last ride to test. Mm. Almost as impressive as Tom's soliloquy, but it's up there. Kane then tries to chokeslam Trish Stratus for some reason. But then IC champion Val Venus saves her. Bloody hell, Val Venus. Stop shooting above your weight. Uh, the IC title is definitely giving him a boost. <laughs> the type of boost that you can usually only get with... RC Edge, Maximum Power Cola, Two Turbo Championship Edition, Vroom Vroom Car Noise. <laughs> which presents Triple H getting stink-faced on Raw. <laughs> who cares about that caffeine for kids? Which handicap match do we get between Triple H and whoever he has to face so we can get Jericho on Raw? Which mighty tag team? Which mighty combination of people? Is it Linda and Kane? No, no, we've done enough of that. Is it... Is it test in an N64 car? No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's Be serious, lads. Be serious. All right, all right, we will. Uh, tonight, Triple H gets Kai and Ty. Triple H laps. And then, wait, wait, oh, it's a three-on-one. Triple H looks concerned. It's Kai and Ty and the Brooklyn Brawler. Wait. Yes, it's this match. It's three-on-one, so they get the advantage early on. And Triple H actually sells for the offense, especially Brawlers. Uh Takamichinoku misses an acai moonsault the outside and hits Funaki. Crowd thankfully are getting the joke and are chanting for Brawler. Uh, Funaki's first out after a pedigree and Tiger second after missing a crossbody. Earl Hebner tries to stop the choke on Brawler. Gotta keep that little storyline going. So Triple H sets up a pedigree, but Jericho runs into Lionsaw Triple H and then Brawler covers to pin Triple H. Oh, what a moment. What a moment. I love this. Uh, I love this as a kid when I watched it. Triple H doesn't get Jericho on Raw, so he attacks all three low-level dudes after the match. Uh, for newer people, this would be like Chad Gable pinning Roman Reigns today. Uh, and then it's made it's emphasized about how useless they are by Lawler saying, which one is this at ringside? Is it Funaki? I can't tell. Jeez. That's got to be Jerry. <laughs> but this win, this win for the brawler is a moment up until Triple H batters them all. But um, it's just an iconic moment. The brawler being lifted by Kai and Tai after <laughs> defeating Triple H. I think Triple H should have let them have the win and leave. He should have left. Let that moment last. But he couldn't. He had to get his heat back. Got to keep well, Trip strong. See, I agree with it in this place because neither of these, neither of these three people have any heat. It's when he was doing this later on to Paul and Brian Kendrick just because he thought it would be funny. It was a problem, so... Uh, but you're right. Maybe he should have bitten this problem at the bud and had Brawl and Kai and Tai like put him in a dumpster and drop off the thing at ringside. <laughs> put him in a put him in a suitcase that says two OVW. <laughs> put him in a suitcase and throw him out like like <laughs> like that Bond film where he takes on Nick Knack. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> One of the most amazing bits of offensive comedy I've ever seen. Anyway, uh, the brawler bleeds afterwards, becoming the Brooklyn Blader. Hey! I feel bad I type that. And then Jericho takes Triple H's limo in a bit that didn't make a lot of sense to me. Hi, I I'm taking this limo now. Okay. 
It's like Hell, hell Triangle on GTA. It's like, alright, I, I, I limo. Meet me limo now. Okay, boss. That's all it took. <laughs> this segues into Tori is trapped inside WF New York. Buy tickets to save her. <laughs> they're, they're waiting until they've raised £100 at WWF New York before they release her. So far, they've made £32. And I think that's it. It's the last time we see her, so I don't think she ever leaves. She's still there at WF New York to this day. Some stage, she's, bought out and she's still at the bar signing autographs with a massive T. Yeah. She's one of those really crap ghosts because she haunts the, <laughs> oh, the, the Starbucks. Over it is. It keeps on referencing, like... Ooh, I turned on Kane to go to X Park, and people are like, did you hear something? <laughs> I was the I was the ninja Ooh. in two thousand seven. Woo, what? Ooh, I I I stood next to Stephanie McMahon once. <laughs> I I was with Kane, but then I had a. Christmas of sex with x Park and I know, he shagged me into liking him, I guess. We didn't really think about that angle too much. Woo! <laughs> People mistake me for Tory Wilson until they see who, which one is which. Ooh. Ooh. I wrestled in Japan as Terry Power. But <laughs> if you've seen me wrestle, you know my name should have been Terry Bull. Ooh. <laughs> Terry Power, I got it from a hairdryer. Ooh. <laughs> is this a start of a new joke? <laughs> no! <laughs> yes! <laughs> to Tori, the ghost. <laughs> but we just did everything she did in WWF. <laughs> <laughs> Tori, the ghost! No way! I'm not getting cancelled! <laughs> That's got to be Kane. We'll be back next year. No! <laughs> it won't when someone says it's cancelled till next year that means it's gone forever I can't be in the kitchen talking to a ghost of my dead wait are you dead Ooh. anyway a ghost of my former lover what will my wife say <laughs> are you talking to a woman in there oh no <laughs> that sounds like Larry yeah, my, my Kane and Guru are getting mixed up today. That's Guru, be Kane. <laughs> I'm Kane, and here are top five games that I've heard of. <laughs> Banjo-Kazooie <laughs> and the Ocarina of Time. Ack. Number four, Wetrix. Number three, Penny Races. Four, Crash Bastard. No! <laughs> five memories. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, jeez. <laughs> okay, oh. onwards. All right, all right, all right. We got a recap of Benoit attacking uh, China. Someone who interfered in a match she wasn't in, and that makes Benoit a bad dude. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Oof. Um, Eddie and China talk backstage to Kevin Kelly. China threatens to put an ice pack on Benoit's grind, and it won't be a big ice pack. Because he has a small willy. <laughs> hey. uh -huh. Small well, willy. Knows, we, I think we can relate to China because she also has one joke that she never stops doing. <laughs> uh, the Rock says it doesn't matter if Benoit puts him in an arm bar, a candy bar, or a topless bar. If you're such a good technical wrestler, then technically The Rock is going to beat you all over Fort Lauderdale. Smell a la 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 six person main event. 
Uh, it's actually a very fast, hard-hitting match. But get Guerrero and Benoit in it, so who saw that coming? Eddie gets singled out. Plays Latino Heat and Peril. The Rock gets the hot tag and then tags in China rather than do the people's elbow. China powerbombs Christian for the win as the crowd appropriately goes banana. And I always thought this was weird. Uh, having China at the same level as The Rock, but it makes sense storyline-wise, I guess, and they picked a perfect time for China to finish off the opponents with the powerbomb, and crowd erupted for that just as much as they did the people's elbow, so well done. And then Shane McMahon attacks The Rock, who chases him to the back. So Benoit cross-faces China again, while The Rock yell, Get back, Rock, you idiot! <laughs> so Benoit scarbers when The Rock realises he has to come back in and save the day, and Benoit toothily grins from the ramp. Eh, eh, eh. Hello, you. <laughs> and that was your SmackDown main event. What were your closing thoughts there, Tom? And uh, I liked I, Rock very giving, letting China get the finish on that mm. bit there. I thought um, Rock could really do with like loosening up a little bit. I think now I look back on these because he's so much more fun when he's a bit more emotive. Um, but he's so stoic in all of this. Um, it's almost like... It, I don't know, maybe maybe that's that was his that was the whole charm was the fact that he was just stoic and just very un, unemotive that the whole run. But uh, I'm I'm excited for Benoit and The Rock. That's a cool new story. I'm down for that. Happy for that. Um, from this week's episode of SmackDown, what did you remember? Well, that's one easy pick: the Brooklyn Brawler pinning Triple H. Very, I, I remembered Val Venus and the entire world getting in to try and help him become the Intercontinental Champion. That was that's. Oh, you remember that? Yeah, yeah, very, uh, very much so. Very much so. It was a, it was a good moment. That uh, I think just, just good to see Val Venus with his second World Championship. Um, well, I, sorry, second Intercontinental Championship. Heaven for Fendi was to win the World good Title. God. Oh my God! What no, did they, they put a stop to that in '99? Remember? Oh, oh yeah, that's very true. What did you forget from this particular episode? I forgot how good Benoit went looking and sounding because he's been looking all right so far, uh, but he's certainly not looked at the level of uh, challenging the rock for the title until this week. This week he, when he definitely strong. looked and sounded, thanks to the efforts of Mick Foley and China. Exactly, exactly. And it's thanks to the efforts of Matthew Gregg that uh, we <laughs> made it through. Uh, 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 Tom, I beg your pardon. Sorry to interrupt, but what did you forget? Oh, oh, I forgot. Do you know what? I forgot Ivory and Dimalenko doing graps oh, for God. about five seconds. <laughs> like, for a brief moment where I thought we were going to get a technical wrestling match from Ivory and Dimalenko. That wouldn't pan out, obvs. But for the briefest of times, I thought that was going to be a thing that we were going to get. Um, so that, and who knows? Maybe down, the, maybe in 20 years' time, intergender wrestling will be more of a thing. Who knows? Maybe. I'm very glad that you said something that actually happened on the show. We didn't say, I forgot uh, to talk about wrestling this episode. <laughs> I mean, we did that as well. There was, if you can pick out some wrestling in that chat, then that's been great. Um, this has been a wonderful year uh, for us. Not a wonderful year for planet Earth. I should probably rephrase that. Um, this has been a, an awful year for everybody. <laughs> but one of the highlights for me has been uh, every week getting together with my friend Matthew, whether it's in real life, which it has been very rarely this year, or via mm. the power of the internet uh, and talking about SmackDown. So uh, thank you for supporting uh, this beautiful podcast and everything else that we do 
here at Cultaholic. This is the last SmackDown review of 2020 from next week. It is the return of Watch Alongmas. It is myself, Matthew Gregg, Justin Henry from the Classic Raw Review, and a host of other characters all getting together to watch some particularly awful wrestling. There will be some fun surprises along the way. I can guarantee that. Math, are you? Have you had a lovely time uh, with 2020? Lord no. <laughs> with, with you, absolutely, Tom. Aww. Never, a, never. Uh, how's the expression go? Always a pleasure. Never a, a pain. Never a chore. Yeah. Doesn't sound right at all. <laughs> Look, mate, it's always been beautiful. It's, even with lovely, wonderfully worded bits like this, like I'm butchering now. <laughs> uh, you're one of my favourite people on planet Earth, Tom, and I know a lot of people. Thank you very much for existing. And I hope that if 2021 continues to be as much of a poo sandwich as 2020, that we are here for each other. We certainly will be, and we'll be here for you when the rain starts to fall. He is at Matthew Gregg on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. <gasps> I'm back from the portal <laughs> that I went into. Love you. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs>